So I was kind of prompted to start a podcast just because I like listening to podcasts. You can listen to it when you're driving, when you're eating. You can do more than one thing at once. So what happened, what, what prompted me to do this was because I had a Snapchat story going and I had terrible Wi-Fi connection in my house. So one story would upload and the way I do it is probably four videos at a time because I tend to go on rants and stuff. So what happened was... The second and third videos didn't upload, the first and fourth did, and then I kept going on. So there's probably six to eight videos, and it was kind of scattered. Like the second one would upload, um, the third and fourth wouldn't, and then the sixth wouldn't. So it kind of didn't make any sense. So this way I can kind of say what I want. I can upload it to Snapchat. You guys can listen to it, and you can choose whether to listen to the whole thing or not. This will probably be a supplement to my Snapchat and I'm starting a YouTube channel as well. I'm just having some trouble uploading to YouTube at the moment, which um, I'll get that taken care of in a few minutes. Well, not a few minutes, but um, well, hopefully, I don't know. Uh, I got to see what's going on with my computer because it's not my camera. But anyways, back to kind of what I want to talk about. In, um, so basically what I said earlier was that exercise selection and tracking um, training as a metric is more important than tracking just your body weight. Um, with that being said, I think people are too apt to switch their movements up. They want to do, you know, they, they want to, they think they can get more benefit out of saying, okay, this week I'm going to do a wide stance squat. Next week I'm going to do close stance and I'm going to do a medium stance the third week. This sounds great in principle. Yes. You'll probably be targeting all your muscle fibers doing it this way. But um, I want to reference a study, Chilebeck in 1998, he, in 20 weeks, he took group, they did bicep curls, leg press, and uh, bench press. And what he found after 10 weeks is that in all lifts, these untrained women got stronger. When they got stronger, they did not necessarily increase muscle mass or lean body mass. What he found was that in the Bicep curls. Uh, bicep curls are a simple movement. It doesn't take a lot of neuromuscular adaptation to learn this movement. I think everybody kind of starts out doing a bicep curl. So what he found was that after 10 weeks, the lean body mass or the cross-sectional area in the biceps improved. What he also noted was that leg press and bench press strength increased, but not muscles. Um, not muscle size. So what that means to me is that um, there is a neurological adaptation to growing muscle. And if anyone's talked to me about this before, they know that's the case. So after 20 weeks, this is what he found. All three went up in strength. And then that is when uh, leg size, cross-sectional area increased as well as chest. So you don't strength and muscle hypertrophy are not mutually exclusive. You can gain strength and not gain muscle. And what that tells me is that you probably don't want to switch your big movements too often. So here's a practical tip or takeaway from uh, this Chilebeck 1998 study. You can change up your hypertrophy movements more often than you can change up your strength movements, such as squat, bench, deadlift, um, you could even add like overhead press, rack pulls, and different things if you want to treat them as like your compound movements in something you want to progress in. With that being said, I would probably 
not change those for at least 30 weeks because if it takes let's say 15 weeks to get the neuro neurological adaptation it probably takes 30 weeks to maximize that and you'll probably still increase um you know your form will get better over time so with that being said i would keep your strength movements and probably your hypertrophy movements such as your bicep curls tricep dips tricep kicks kickbacks um you know your rows your i'm trying to think your leg extensions uh leg curls things like that you can probably switch those up a little bit but i would honestly want to track your training in a way that you are able to say okay on this day i always do leg extensions leg curls uh seated calf raises and then we can get um you know so i just wanted to go into part two of the exercise selection and variation i'm going to mainly focus on hypertrophy because there are just so many different caveats and ways to progress in squat bench deadlift in a it's just inappropriate for me to say um, too many specifics if I don't know your previous training volume uh, or history, you know, like where you've been, where you are now. Uh, a few people asked me about that just based on my last, um, the part one of this uh, little series. But with that being said, I think people often tend to go, go at an intensity that's too high, you know, and you see a sheet that says five by five with the bench press people are using their five rep max on week week one and then they have nowhere to go week two three four before they take a taper or a prolonged period of less volume so i think people are too quick to become overzealous and say oh that was a nine rpe when you know or they go at a nine ten rpe on their first week when they should be going um at a lower intensity so Basically, I think um, you should probably do your compound movements first, your squat bench deadlift, uh, potentially overhead press. Some people like to program that in as a fourth day, but it really depends. Like some people just have a squat bench deadlift and overhead press day. It just depends on where you're at, because then, you know, as you could, as you become more advanced, you're probably going to need to squat bench and deadlift more than one time, uh, more than one time per week. Um, so people ask me about activation drills before like, Dan, if I do an antagonist um, muscle group, will it get my hamstrings more in the squat? And I think you're kind of missing the point because the compound movements are compound. They are there. You're not just using one muscle group. You're able to go from, you know, you're able to use your, your hips, your quads, your back um, and all these things to move the weight. So if you want to do an activation drill before, I would do it at a low intensity, but usually it's not really a good idea because you're going to get tired and fatigued. And yes, so there is some data suggesting that if I do some leg extensions before I squat, I could get my glutes and my um, hamstrings a bit more involved. But like I said before, I think you're missing the point of squatting. It should be, um, you should be at a place where you're able to progress and in my opinion, probably fresh. But again, everyone has their own opinion on different things. And if they want, you know, it, it, I guess to say if you want to increase your increase your muscle mass or cross-sectional area of your hamstring and glutes, I would say do more glute in the hamstring 
volume after your squats or your deadlifts or, you know, do something like that as opposed to focusing on them first or the antagonist, you know, first before you get to squatting. So I said I was going to talk about hypertrophy more, so let's go into that. These are your isolation movements, usually after you squat, bench, deadlift, overhead press. And these are smaller movements um, where people are able to accumulate more volume because you can do, you know, sets of 12 to 15 to 20 and not be completely dead. So, for example, if you were to squat, bench, and deadlift for high volumes like that, you probably wouldn't be able to get much done. Um, you know, as volume is the mo- is the driver of progress, so a lot of times people are able to make progress on 30 rep sets, um, but a lot of the research has shown people drop out um, the most frequent the most frequently when you have to do so much volume, especially if it's like a for a compound movement. Who wants to do that? So. Um, that's pretty much all I'm going to say there. But uh, w- when you program your hypertrophy movement, just make sure it makes sense. You don't want to do shoulders before you bench the, or the day before. You know, you don't want to do triceps the day before. I've just found like little things like that tend to have an impact on training um, in the short week to week cycles. Um, it just doesn't seem smart to me to, you know, I wouldn't do chest hypertrophy the day before you do um one of your bench days, uh, I would do it after if you can, but it really just depends on how you want to set up your training. All right, I am at the five minute mark. They're going to cut me off. So I'll get to part three next time. So for hypertrophy movements, how much, how many reps should you do? And um, I would honestly say you should probably do them all. And especially ones that you're able to get the most amount of volume with. Um, I've found I mean, obviously, there's no magic rep range, but usually four to five sets of 12 to 15 reps is a really good way to add volume. And if you're able to progress in that, chances are you are getting bigger. Uh, What gets tough is doing more than 15 reps, adding weight. It's not the easiest thing in the world. And a lot of times strength is built um, in the lower rep range. Again, like I mentioned before, try not to do too much, um, too much of a, at a high percentage of your one rep max, because then it gets tougher to get better at the movement, which like I mentioned in part one creates most of the, um, the, the neurological adaptation, getting better at the movement. And uh, a lot of it is learning. So we can learn from that, you know, like for example, 15 to 20 lateral raises, you're not going to get better at that on a weekly or even even monthly basis. Some people, you know, training for 20 years can, you know, still be doing 35-pound lateral raises and they started at 25 to 30 pounds. You know, it's not one of those things that you're going to progressively overload. So something like that, there's different ways around that by adding more sets, adding by more reps over time, uh, maybe adding a day, increasing the frequency, just different ways to progress. And sometimes it's not so, you know, it's not binary. There's shades of gray with everything and there's ways to progress you know you could do a different movement for a while um you know like a front raise as opposed to a um, side lateral raise it's just how you want to progress um and that's pretty much the most important part of when you are trying to um add add muscle mass